0: Hello, and welcome to another edition of Banana Island Living Podcast. Today, we're going to the Niger Delta. Now, I don't know about you, but I always have an awful lot of angst and uh, my body sort of tenses when I hear Niger Delta because you don't hear good things about it. And when I came across my guest today and the amazing work they're doing in the Niger Delta. I thought, I have to have him on. He needs to tell us what's actually happening. It's, apart from the fact that it's a vital part of our economy, it's just good to know that something really, really good is happening there. So let me introduce Dr. Akala first. But before we start, before we do anything else, can you make sure you subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends and give us a good rating? Now, my guest today is Dr. Dara Akala. He's the executive director of the Foundation for Partnership Initiatives in the Niger Delta, called PEND for short. Now, PEND is a Chevron-funded corporate social enterprise, and um, Dara is a development economist with over 40 years of multi-layered experience across national, regional, and private voluntary institutions in Nigeria, Central and East Africa, as well as the UK. Dr. Dara Kala, Hello.
1: Hello. Hello, everyone.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us. And um, yeah, I, I was just so, so happy and relieved to know that incredible things have been happening in the Niger Delta. And it's gone quite quiet around there, which is a good thing. I mean, no news is good news. But can you just tell me? What is Penn doing in the Niger Delta that you think is directly making life better for the people there? I mean, what exactly are you doing?
1: All right, then. Uh, Thanks, Shadi. Well, uh, as you rightly pointed out, the Niger Delta region uh, used to be regarded as a conflict corridor of Nigeria.
0: You mean it's not anymore? Is it still?
1: It is. It has come a long way since that uh, identity, uh, that that label was put on it. Right. And uh, thanks to the PIN Foundation for its positive contributions to the situation that we are currently experiencing in that part of the country, in specific terms, PIN is fostering economic prosperity, peace and stability, and we're building partnerships with private and public sector players to underpin long-term sustainable development for the region. And uh, in order to tackle the root causes of poverty and conflict in the region, uh, in the first almost... uh, Ten years of our existence, uh, we structured our programs into four pillars, namely economic development, uh, peace building, capacity building, and uh, analysis and advocacy. But since uh, 2020, as a result of stakeholder stakeholder feedback and reduced funding from Chevron, we have reconfigured these programs into two main pillars of economic development and, uh, and peace building. And then we have a general enabling program, that comprises capacity building, advocacy, communications, and business development. So, yeah, so that's what PAIN is doing in the Niger Delta region.
0: Now, I had some friends in Shell, and one of the issues that they said they had was really gaining the trust of the community. Well, there was a lack of trust on both sides, let's put it that way, and um If they did something for one community or for one place and then the other people would say, oh, you haven't done for us. How how have you gained the trust of the people there? How has Pind gained the trust of the communities?
1: Um, Well, I think that's an interesting question. Uh, You know that um, people will always respect institutions that treat them with a bit of respect. So... How we have gained the trust of the people of the Niger Delta region is by treating them with a lot of respect, right? So when we say that we will do something, right, we'll always do it. And you see, the the, the issue of mistrust um, arose from the very many um, broken promises to the people of the Niger Delta region, Uh, Several agencies have promised them lots of things that they fail to deliver on, you know. um, But in our case, when we say we'll do something, we always do it. And uh, simple things like, you know, getting them together for meetings, we always make sure that uh, we are there on time. That's the respect element I was talking about, and um,
0: yeah, no big man keeping everybody waiting. waiting. I mean, and, that's, and, uh, yeah, that's yeah.
1: Very, very, very important. Um So, but when we started, I must confess that we there was a huge suspicion about who we are and what we uh, stand for. Absolutely, even I was suspicious
0: when I heard about an NGO in the Niger Delta.
1: Yeah, <laughs> rightly so, because you can't blame them for the multitude of broken promises and dashed hopes. You know. But with us, Pin Foundation, that's consistent in our messaging, especially regarding our implementation approach. And as I said, we treat people with great respect. And um yeah, when we say we are meeting, we arrive promptly. And they also like to make the point to the people that we are partners. Uh, which is why we don't refer to anyone as project beneficiaries, mm. but we have project participants. So it's about partnership, yeah. you know. And uh, with a partnership, all parties have something to offer. So that's why we're, we're different, and that's how we've come to gain the trust of the people. Well, that's such a
0: big thing. I mean, as someone said, uh, big men show power by keeping you waiting. Yeah. So if you don't keep them waiting... At least they know. Okay, this guy's yeah has been respectful. Absolutely, and they uh, we're professional about it. Yeah, no, absolutely. You got to be for sure. Can you tell me what is happening in Ogoni land at the moment? I, 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 mean that is one thing that really always sets, you know, the news, the news cycle alight. What is happening in Ogoni land? Uh, is it
1: peaceful? Yes, interesting. We see a lot of positive things happening in Ogoni land today. And this has dividends uh, from the effort of their previous leaders to fight injustice and and oppression. You know, I think in response to the environmental degradation in Ogoniland caused by oil production activities, the government established a project under the Federal Ministry of Environment known as a HIPREP. HIPREP stands for Hydrocarbon Pollution and Remediation Project. This was in 2016. And basically, what HIPREP does is the investigation, mapping, and evaluation of hydrocarbon-polluted communities. Um, then the implementation of the recommendations of the UNEP report on restoration of Goni land is part of their remit also. And then they undertake undertaking comprehensive assessment and mapping of all environmental issues associated with hydrocarbon pollution in collaboration with Nostra, which is a national oil spill detection and response agency. An awful lot of titles. Yeah, an awful lot of, all, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's high prep for you. But uh, that's on the physical uh, restoration side. But on the people side, um, which speaks to social and economic development, there is, um, there's been established a KC Trust Fund, which is managed by a local NGO known as Kisi Trust, uh, with uh, trustees drawn from uh, uh, mainly from Oguniland and um, uh, some other close by within the, the region. And this was established in 2009 as part of a US federal court settlement from a lawsuit against Shell by the Uguniland people. Wow. Right. Okay. So this trust fund is dedicated to um, the benefit of Ogoni people. And, and that's working at the moment? Yes, it started, but it's still early days. But they will be focusing on uh, things like education. For example, they're awarding scholarships now to a the good uh, They're supporting right. some local health institutions. There are some community development initi- initiatives, as well as uh, women's uh, programs. So, that is uh, a case. A- so, we have both the physical uh, environment restoration, and then some social and economic development programs all integrated. So, for that, uh, I think a lot of positive things are taking place in Ogunila. So it's peaceful? Yes, it is peaceful,
0: relatively peaceful. Is it safe? Is it safe? Because you hear a lot about insecurity in that area. What, I mean, how does that affect your work in the Niger Delta?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, the issue of insecurity, you will agree with me, has become a national issue now and yeah. not just a challenge in the Niger Delta region. And interestingly, what we are seeing now is that the scale of the problem of insecurity in the region is not as high as what we have in other parts of the country.
0: Wow! Is it better? Is it worse?
1: Ah, it's a lot better than it it it, it, it was. Yeah, I mean um, the Niger Delta region, apart from the fact that we still have a number of insecurity uh, issues here and there, yeah. But when you compare compare with a place like um, the northeast, north central, you know, uh, even the uh, southeast, then you know that uh, what is happening there, it's uh, uh, it's not a massive problem as compared to other places. I mean, Mm -hmm. you don't hear about these incessant cases of kidnapping in the Niger Delta region.
0: Yeah, it's what you used to hear from the Niger Delta. Now it's all pretty
1: quiet. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty quiet, and um, and I think it's because uh, a number of things are happening, and then I believe that the people are watching and waiting to, to see how things pan out in, in the nation as a whole. Um, oil production is proceeding uh, at pace, and I think the oil companies are taking the issues of the environmental degradation seriously. Um, there are still some issues here and there and then of course uh, most of the oil companies have been very responsible uh, corporate citizens and what we're also seeing is that uh, many uh, oil exploration and exploitation activities has been shifted uh, offshore. Well that sort of
0: leads me into my next question which is I mean all these oil companies are divesting of their onshore activities is this trend accelerating? I think you're suggesting yes, so how is that going to affect your NGO fund model
1: uh, oh, 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 okay no, I will say this uh, some of the oil companies have divested already, yeah from onshore activities uh, while a few are divesting now, and uh, maybe some others will divest in the future yeah, uh, but is this trend really accelerating? In my view, I would say that uh, that's not the case. It's not that it is accelerating. We've witnessed a you know, number of instances. So, because there is no evidence to so suggest that uh, we are witnessing an increased rate of divestment. Right. As you are aware, uh, the strategic investments in this sector are based on ongoing risk, risk assessment, both social risks and business risks. Mm. Uh, these are the underlying drivers of any decision regarding onshore exploration and exploration, exploitation of oil and uh, coming to our funding model, whatever happens to our funding is not dependent on the dichotomy of offshore. Versus uh, onshore, onshore activities. Right. Yeah. Okay. In the end, what matters is the performance of the market for crude oil and gas. Right. For example, um, when there was a, da- a downturn in the price of crude oil in 2019, naturally our funding for the current phase, uh, because we, got, we get funded in five-year cycles. Right. So interestingly, we were coming to the end of our second phase or our second funding cycle in 2019. And decisions have to be made. So um the funding for this current five-year cycle went down from the previous levels. And this is quite understandable. Uh When the income of a major donor is down, then you expect that, uh, you know, what we get will go down. Yeah. And then... When there's a, uh, an increase, I boom in the market in the future we expect
0: Your fortunes, that, uh, your fortunes will be, get better. There'll be a commensurate well. increase yeah. in <laughs> the funding. Yeah, absolutely. So what, what, what do you think has been the biggest challenge with um, providing solutions in the Niger Delta? Because, I mean, I'm hearing a lot of good news. What, what has been your, the main problem? And if somebody was running an NGO now, what would you say? Okay, watch out for this. This is what you need to bear in mind.
1: Uh, the biggest challenge, well, there are a number of challenges that come to mind. Uh, for the NGOs uh, themselves, I think the issue of funding is right. a major one. Right. How do you get funding for your programs on a sustained basis to enable you design and implement uh, developmental programs? in the Niger Delta region.
0: yeah.
1: Uh, the other thing is the issue of partnerships. One will expect that uh, governments in the region because, I mean, the job of government is to develop the land and create wealth from the people.
0: I think you've taken the words out of my mouth. I was just going to say, you're looking at funding, you're looking at funding, and you've been funded by all companies. Yeah. W- what about the government of the people? W- where
1: how, uh, what part well, do they government play? has been slow in responding. Yeah. And uh, it will interest you to know that, um, I mean, because we get funded by the oil company, uh, Chevron, whenever we go to talk to government, uh, the, the, the state governments about partnership, um, the expectation is that the pain will put all the money uh, <laughs> into the kitty, you know. Uh, to run those uh, programs. So, um, I think our subnational governments need to be uh, serious about development. They need to put uh, the money where the mouth is uh, so that they are investing uh, in the development uh, of their uh, states, you know, so we haven't witnessed, you know, a massive scale of funding from the uh, state government. I think we can only record an instance where the state government put some money into a little project, which it's a very tiny project, which is about uh, yeah. uh, organizational di- uh, diagnostic review of the state soil producing areas development commission. And I'm speaking of Ando State, and uh, they covered yeah. the, the cost of that uh, assignment. We just did a review, you know, of of, of the of, of of the agency, and then we yeah. recommended some performance improvement measures, you know, to make them more effective, to make uh, uh, yeah, in the realization of their mandate in the all two LGs that produce oil in the state.
0: So really, the, the government is sort of like lagging behind a bit on the funding front? That is correct. Is, would that be fair to say?
1: Yeah, yeah that, that is
0: correct. I, I, I'm not saying anything else. Um, so what would you say is the future for the Niger Delta? Bright? Iffy, perhaps?
1: From what I'm saying, you know, I'm a firm believer in the resilience and capacity of the people of the Niger Delta yeah. to turn things around in the region. So for me, the future is very bright. I see a very bright future for the region.
0: Well, sort of linked to the price of oil or irrespective of the price of oil?
1: Irrespective of the price of oil, uh, we can hasten that rate of progress uh, through the quality of leadership in the region. When we have people who will focus more on the collective interest as opposed to their self-interest, in leadership positions, either at the community level, the state or regional level, I think development will pick up pace and proceed at an amazing speed in the region. So the future is bright. Okay. Yeah.
0: So I would say, sh- should we, should we um, say the past has been imperfect, the future is conditional on what you've just mentioned?
1: Yes, I would say so, you know, yes, okay. because we can't keep doing our things the same way and expect, you know, yeah. different results, yeah. you
0: know. Well, I mean, also, it's, it's not sustainable, is it? You can't keep doing the same thing and, yeah. you know, something's got to give at some yeah. point. And it nearly did give at some <laughs> you point. You are absolutely right. So, yeah. yeah,
1: you're absolutely right. So that's what's led us to where we're at now. It's a quality of the... Literacy. I'm
0: just so grateful for people like you who who doing verifiable. And that's the thing, isn't it? It's verifiable. It's quantifiable. Yes. Um, stuff that people can actually touch. Yes. Uh, just before the recording started, we're talking about your youth empowerment program. Because I do. I just didn't want to hear about another youth empowerment program that you couldn't actually see. And I looked at your website and I thought, oh, wow, this is real. And they get certification for, for the skills that they're learning, like the people in the building trade, they get certificates from the NIB. And I thought, wow, that is impressive. So, yeah, well done you. I'm really grateful. But before we go, <laughs> this is the bit you probably won't like. I'm going to ask you just one or two questions, maybe four questions about you, where I get to know a little bit about you. So it's yeah. going to be super quick all right? because we're running out of time. Okay. So what is the one thing on your bucket list? What
1: would you like to do before uh, uh, you kick well, the bucket? Well, I think uh, travel is something that uh, really uh, fascinates me. So, um, I, I think travel to Australia and New Zealand that far. Kind of the globe is as far on, on my bucket <laughs> yes, list. Yes, that's
0: like a twenty-four hour, forty-eight hour. Yes, effort. it's
1: going to be a different kind of experience. Yes, so that's on my bucket list. Okay, yeah.
0: and um, so if you weren't doing what you're doing, what would be your dream job? There's the one job you still want to do. If they said, you know, what would you ideally like to do if you're not doing what you're doing? Because I think you love what you're it's, doing. But what would be your yes? Idea I
1: do love what job? I'm doing, but uh, the job that I would want to do. Uh, I's possible a, a teacher.
0: Oh wow. At the, uh
1: university level. Yeah, a uh, professor because I like imparting knowledge to others. Oh that's good. You no know, maybe uh, perhaps I come from a background uh, my, my, my family but my parents were teachers uh, you know my dad is late now but my no wonder you got that phd <laughs> oh yes they kept encouraging <laughs> us to go to school you know you know yeah. <laughs> and because at a very tender age as well you, you know one step <laughs> so yes perhaps i should have been a university professor oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> i'm impressed ah so what are you reading at the moment what books are you
1: reading Book, um, really. I'm reading a very, very interesting book um, by uh, two authors. Um, it's a joint authorship for Lafa and Feyi Fawemi. And the title right. is A Formation, uh, which is right. the story of the making of Nigeria from Gosh. the jihad days to amalgamation. It's quite interesting. No. I mean, one, it's Does interesting it cover
0: the, Usman D'Amfodio and uh, Afonja and all yeah, these yeah. people? Absolutely,
1: you're correct. You no know no, I mean, that's wow. uh, we, 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 we started painting the um the journey to a nationhood of of Nigeria. It's well, thank
0: you for bringing that to my attention. I, I'm definitely going to look for it. Um, yeah, and there's a and
1: lot then, about the slave trade as well in gosh,
0: because that's one thing we don't get in the in schools nowadays, enough of African history. And how he came to be.
1: Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. So I can send you the, the details. Uh, Please you know, do. Uh, yeah. And then uh, you can get it for yourself.
0: Yeah. And we're going to put it on our show notes so that people can right. can check it out.
1: Yeah. It's quite an interesting read, you know.
0: No, it sounds fascinating. So what what are right. you listening to music-wise?
1: Um, I What's listen your current favorite song? Of, yeah, I listen to a range of music. But, um, one of my favorite songs uh, is... Uh, uh, by Robert Flack,
0: uh, Oh wow! Me old school with
1: his song. Oh, yeah, I'm, a, I'm an old man, yeah, you know. So for for for, for, uh, yeah, for those of us that are above yeah. sixty, years <laughs> yes, so age, so that's what we listen to. Uh, you yeah. know,
0: he sang uh, yeah. a good song.
1: Oh I yes, love that
0: song. It's
1: yes. yes, it's really good. It's really good. Uh, it's I, it's, I, it's I, a I, classic. I, I like Robert Flack yeah. a lot. Yeah. Oh yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: okay. Time. Okay, so describe yourself in three words. Um, hmm, hmm, that is... <laughs> and I'm always telling people, forget modesty, just tell me.
1: Uh, I would say uh, dependable. Right. Determined. Mm-hmm. And organized. Those sound like
0: husband material, eh? <laughs> yes but it's fa- yes. fantastic, I mean, if you were gonna write okay, what is the ideal family man that is good, mm-hmm. thank you mm-hmm. and um this is the bit that people really don't like, and that is where you have to tell me a joke.
1: I hope you're oh, ready well. Uh, well, I think of one uh,
0: okay uh, excellent yeah. i'm i'm poised i'm I'm so mm-hmm. waiting for this.
1: Okay, Um, so I remember when uh, I was working in a training institute and uh, I remember our director then telling us this joke is quite interesting. It's it's about um, one old man in a rural community, a village setting in in, in Nigeria who was very wicked and miserly and people didn't really like him at all. He was a troublemaker. (laughs) So... And more importantly, he was a farmer. And in this village, um, there was a herbalist and, um, you know, a rainmaker also. Yes. And then you know that the the nature of agriculture that that, that would practice is dependent on, on the, the rain. Yeah. Yeah. So it so happened that this particular year there was no rain, and uh, all crops were dying off, and uh, so other farmers. We are going to see the rainmaker to help them make the charm for rain to fall. So um, some that are generals and uh, you know, um, went to the uh, rainmaker with fat goats <laughs> and then um, there'll be plenty of rainfall. So our man, our friend, uh, went with, uh, you know, I told you it's very nicely, with, with the smallest goat <laughs> that you can think of. So went to the rainmaker and the rain fell about very a small amount thin, of rain you know minute droplets <laughs> of rainfall so he was furious, and I went to confront the uh, rainmaker. The maker. rainmaker, you know, so, so what, what, what the hell did you do? I was getting big um, uh, amount of, rain. A deluge of rain you, and of rain, and I got and, just yeah, <laughs> and, 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 sprinkling. and see what you've done. You see, see what you've done to my farm. And so the uh, rainmaker said, "Well, it's, you see, you caused it. <laughs> so if you have big gut, big rain." Small goat, S'more small rain. Rain. so, <laughs> so, 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 uh, so what you put in is what you get out. Of. Absolutely.
0: So rubbish in, <laughs> rubbish out. So it was fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. hope he's, a, he learned a lesson for the next one. I believe so. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Akala. Thank you for telling us about the Niger Delta and telling us what is actually happening on the ground and given us hope that things can get better and are getting better and in fact are better uh things are better much better um thank you and tell our vis- uh, can you tell them how to get hold of you if anybody wants to get in touch anybody interested in your work um how do they get in touch with you
1: Okay, very well then. Uh, thanks, Shade. It's been nice talking to you. And uh, for whoever wants to get in touch with me, I am based in Abuja. And uh, you can always reach me via email. And my email address is Dara. Dara is D-A-R-A at pintfoundation.org.org. So that's the easiest and safest way to get in touch with me. And uh, of course, I make it a point of duty to respond to all emails that I get.
0: Well, I, I can vouch for that because you, you always respond. You That's why I said you're organized, you're reliable, dependable. Yeah, no, thank you.
1: you I try to do my best. Yeah, thank you, you. You, you're,
0: you're a star. I'm, I'm, I'm really, really, really impressed. And uh, thank you for coming. And before you go, listeners, make sure you subscribe, you share, and then you give us a five-star rating. Take care. Bye.